This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steve, good morning. Wonder, thanks for joining us. Wondering, uh, after the game last night, okay, Deshaun Watson, like, like, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here because we want to talk about Dolphins, but a player like Deshaun Watson, like, like, how does he figure to, to grade out when it comes to the NFL? Like, does he look like a guy who's going to be successful in the NFL? Watson's a very difficult evaluation. And I think you saw it last night. It was a bad throw followed by a good throw and a bad decision followed by a good decision. And that was kind of his entire season. But the thing I love about Watson, you saw it in the fourth quarter. He made two fourth quarter comebacks against an unbelievable Alabama defense all season long. You know, we I'm looking at him through the, this lens of the NFL draft and thinking this guy could be the number one overall pick. So I'm pretty picky when I evaluate him, every missed throw, every bad decision, but he always seemed to bounce back. So there's an element to that uh, that is that is special about his game that I think is is really tough to, to set aside. But at the same time, I think he can pr- improve his pocket movement, his general pocket presence, his ability to read out the play. But I think there's a lot to work with. So I still think he's a first-round type of player. He's an NFL starting quarterback. I don't know if he's uh, – uh, a top five, top 10 NFL type of quarterback, but um, he'll certainly play in the league. But, you know, he's got some things to iron out. I uh, just love the way he bounces back from adversity, though. Such an impressive effort. We saw Mariota kind of developing throughout the season so far and him being that RPO quarterback uh, coming from Oregon. And how, how difficult is it going to be for a lot of these younger players, this, this new style of collegiate football of the RPO run pass option style to develop into an NFL style or scheme pro offense? I think it's huge. I mean, I, I, I mean, I hate the RPO. I yep. hate it from I'm, an evaluation I'm with you on that standpoint. one as well, yeah. Look, I respect coaches because it's it's an unbelievable development on their end that they've come up with, you know, um, you know something so unique at this point in football, you know. Uh, but from an evaluation standpoint, so many easy throws and, and just a quick read and, uh, you know, linebackers can never be right. It kills us from an evaluation standpoint. So um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's a challenge um, because, like I said, with Watson, there's a few times where he has the ability to, to get from one to two to three or even needs to. Uh, Mariota actually showed flashes of that in Oregon, his ability to hit the backside post and backside dig route. He did that really well at Oregon. So um, it's one of those things where sometimes you have so few examples uh, of what you want to see that will translate to the NFL. And it it just kills the sample size and and you have a, a lot more projecting to do. We got Steve Palazzoli here, ProFootballFocus.com. All right, let's let's take a look at the Dolphins here, okay? Dolphins season's over, so we can look back. We can do a little bit of evaluating uh, heading into next season. But first, I want to start with Matt Moore, okay? Matt Moore gave you the final three-plus games of the regular season and uh, obviously was not very good in, uh, in, in the postseason game. How did Matt Moore grade out, uh, and I guess especially compared to what Ryan Tannehill gave them? Yeah, I think he was he was behind Tannehill. He was below Tannehill. That especially when you add in that playoff game, I thought statistically in the regular season he was probably uh, a little bit higher statistically than his on-field play would have shown. I, I think Matt Moore is what he is at this point, which is I, you saw a guy that's a pretty good backup. I think he's got 
uh, decent short and, and intermediate accuracy. Some of those downfield throws that he hit against the Steelers on Sunday weren't exactly pinpoint. I think it was a lot of uh, Devontae Parker winning at the catch point and, uh, you know, made some bad decisions. I know he completed 80% of his passes, but threw a couple passes directly to quarterbacks. Uh, I think you know, I, I got a lot of hate on Twitter because I said that the, the Ill illegal hit that he took, I think he could have avoided. I think he milked that play as long as he could. I understand why he did. It's the playoffs. He's trying to make a play. But I think he could have gotten rid of that ball, and he needed to, you know, stay healthy for his team and not take that big hit. So, uh, look, I think Matt Moore is uh, one of he's a solid backup, and and when you have a solid backup, I think the best you can ask of them is go out there, put together two, three, four good performances, and and eventually it runs out, and and that's what happened against the Steelers. We had a lot of questions about Tannehill going into this season. When you're evaluating him for next season, do you feel like you got an opportunity to see enough from him this season, even though his season was cut short? Yeah, I think so. I mean, ultimately, he still he still lands in uh, in similar territory for us. I I, I just think uh, every year it's you know, will Tannehill take this you know big step forward in our rankings? He always seems to settle in between maybe maybe 12 and 20, you know, and, and I think that's kind of just what he is as an NFL quarterback. And, uh, and that's okay because if you put the right pieces around him, and I know you guys have heard this forever, but uh, when you add in a guy like Ajayi and the way he ran the ball this year, you add in the breakout season that Devontae Parker had as this downfield type of receiver. And you have Jarvis Landry who does some nice stuff from the slot and Kenny Stills as a deep receiver. If you continue to build those pieces, maybe add a really legitimate tight end, uh, receiving threat. I think Tannehill could put up uh, the numbers that you need in the past game. So, you know, he made some uh, impressive big time throws this year, especially the, those two unbelievable passes under pressure against the chargers uh, led a few comebacks. You know, he uh, ultimately landed, ultimately landed in the same area, but he showed some of that fourth quarter moxie, if you will, that I think dolphins fans have been looking for. And I think that'd be the most encouraging sign when you look back at the 2016 season. After last year's draft, you graded the Dolphins at an A minus. Of course, coming out of the draft was Laramie Tunzel, Xavier Howard, Kenyon Drake, uh, even Jakeem Grant. So, in hindsight, now with the season behind us, where would you put the Dolphins for their draft? I'd probably say it's a tick below. I mean, I still think Tunzel is going to be a, a, a very good player. You know, I, I did it with the projection that he's going to move to left tackle at some point and, and be. Uh, a starting NFL left tackle, which I still think he has the potential to be. I think he struggled at times this year, but overall it was a solid rookie season. Xavier Howard essentially was uh, what I thought he was, which is, you know, the high end is a guy that makes uh, impressive plays on the ball, uses his length on the, on the low end. You see a guy that will struggle against new England type of receivers, just as he did in week 17, not, not great in space and, you know, shorter guys can exploit his, uh, you know, his length and a guy like Kenyon Drake, um, added some elements to special teams, but, um, you know, wasn't needed as much on offense, but I still think he adds a, a bit of a big play threat. Um, if he's, uh, if he's, uh, if he has the ability uh, to contribute on the offensive side. So I'd say it's a tick below the a minus that I initially said, but still, uh, still more to come. And Davian Howard's development, I think will be a big part of it. Steve, you look at the wide receivers. Okay. Parker stills Landry. You got a contract situation with stills and Landry is going to go into the final year of his deal. So likely he's going to want to get an extension this off season. So based on what stills and Landry gave you this year, how they graded out, how should the dolphins approach those contract situations? I think I'd lead Landry. Uh, like I said earlier, though, the, the various skill sets are uh, are intriguing. You know, you have 
you know, Stills ability to get behind the defense, Landry's ability to work the, the middle of the defense and just, uh, you know, make a five yard gain an eight yard gain. It, it goes unnoticed sometimes, but the guy just maximizes plays. Um, so I think I'd go with Landry cause he just does such a good job. He's kind of, kind of like that running back. That's uh, that just keeps your, your offense on schedule, you know? And I think that's where uh, Landry can, uh, can add a lot of value. So uh, I'd probably lean, lean him, have him complimented by Devonte Parker uh, on the outside. who can make those contested downfield catches and then perhaps look for another speed type of receiver to, uh, to offset uh, perhaps losing stills. And analyzing that front seven with the aging Sue and obviously clearly Cameron Wake possibly playing one of his last seasons as a Miami Dolphin, leaving it as a playoff player, uh, and their linebacking core, Kiko Alonso playing out of position. How did you evaluate those guys? Yeah, I thought the linebackers uh, seems to be the the yearly the yearly issue in Miami. The linebackers, I think, struggled overall. Uh, you know, Kiko Alonso just never that he showed back in 2013 as a rookie. I uh, thought Jelani Jenkins struggled quite a bit when he was on the field, and uh, Donald Butler had his his ups and downs when he was on the field. So um, I, I just think they need an influx of youth and talent along the defensive front. You know, Sue overall had a really good year, but he disappeared down the stretch. He only had three pressures over his last three games. He was moved off the ball quite a bit against both the Patriots and the Steelers the last couple of weeks. Um, and he can't be a one-man show out there. So um, I think he's a guy who played 975 snaps this year. And you mentioned aging. It's amazing. Sue's aging at this point. But it is true. He's getting up there in years. Uh, and I think you want to cut back on his workload a little bit. So they need, uh, they need impressive development from a guy like Jordan Phillips, who, uh, you know, some games were good. He just play to play. He's just so inconsistent, um, need impressive development from him. And I just think they need an influx of talent, uh, in that entire front seven, because, uh, if, you know, if wake is gone and, and Sue starts to regress a little bit, it could get really ugly up there. F- finally here again, Steve Palazzolo pro football joining us here. Um, you, you may not have the numbers, the value, the that kind of stuff in, in front of you as far as other teams are concerned, but based on how much Jay Ajayi was making this season and based on how he graded out for you guys, he had to have been one of the better values in all of football would be my guess. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I don't have a, an exact number to put on it, but he's one of those guys, the more you watch him on tape and you just see, uh, you know, you, you hate to take away from the offensive line, and sometimes the line is good and the running back isn't. And some, yeah, But he's the type of guy, I think, that just maximized every single run. There were so many plays where it looked like there was nowhere to go, and he still made something out of it. He led the entire league in yards after contact during the regular season, uh, yards after contact per rush at 3.5, uh, led the league in most forced missed tackles. And I just thought he did a fantastic job, again, of, uh, of just making the most of what the line gave him. So even plays that weren't blocked, he was still making use, good use of it. So, yeah, second-year player, making that kind of impact, extremely good value. Great job, Steve. Thanks a lot for joining us. We appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.